You are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. 3 Plus 1 is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Hello and welcome. We hope that you are having a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, we are excited that you have taken the time to download the 3 Plus 1 podcast where Let's Talk Tazzy and Dee Dee will continue this week's work with our guest, Heather Shu of HNK Entertainment. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. We are really excited. On Wednesdays, we move into some of the hot topics that are really uh, taking root in our society, and we're talking right now about politics and government. Last week, there was a huge, huge issue that impacted one of our United States representatives and where Israel denied entry to both Representatives Omar and Tlaib hours after Trump tweeted and pushed for a ban. The Congresswomen would be denied entry uh, into the country because of their support of a boycott movement against Israel. This comes from the Washington Post. Caught between the opposing views of President Trump and Democratic leaders, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reversed himself on Thursday and decided to prohibit two Democratic Congresswomen from visiting Israel. He later reversed course, but the damage had already been done. Hours before the decision to block the lawmakers, Trump tweeted that approving the visit would show great weakness. He also said that Omar and Tlaib hate Israel and all Jewish people, and there is nothing that can be said or done to change their minds. Israel's decision immediately opened up a new battle between Netanyahu and Democrats, who have privately warned Israeli Ambassador Ron Dermer that such a decision will be unprecedented and inconsistent with Israel's claims of tolerance and openness. Um... Our representative uh, Talib wanted to go to the West Bank of Israel to visit her 90-year-old grandmother who was in ailing health and to see the people there. The province sees her as a hero and as a true point of pride, and she has since decided that she will not be going because she doesn't want her grandmother or her to be used as a political pawn or to be further embarrassed by this action. Ladies, what are your thoughts? on this course in American and uh, international affairs. America is the ghetto. <laughs> and that's all I got to say. It's the ghetto. It's what do you mean by America is the ghetto? What does that mean? I feel like other countries look at us like, God damn, I never want to live there. Like, it's fucking trash. You got Donald Trump as a president. Like, they don't take us seriously. And it's a mess. Like, it's racist. It's bad. It's just... Hmm. Yeah, I to piggyback off of that, like I completely think the ban that Trump it, it it doesn't have nothing to do with him. He's a non-peaceful person anyway. He's a sexist, he's a racist, he's already shown us this in his character many times before. And so, um, yeah, I think he was just trying to make an example out of them, them trying to go over there just because they do support um Palestinian rights and are behind the movement that is that is over there or whatnot, you know, he, he not going for it. Cause I mean, he, he's not peaceful. He wants the chaos that's in that country 
to remain just like the chaos that's in our country right now. So, you know, one thing I think that really makes this a really relevant topic to talk about is that President Trump has international influence mm-hmm. and he's able to use it for whatever political purpose and gains that he so desire. Yeah. The fact that he was able to take an actual uh, a, an American citizen who has ties to the nation and make that person banned from that nation where her family lives mm. speaks to the danger that he wields in the world as a whole. Yeah. And it really does, you know, concern me. Um, you know, just last week I heard this amazing clip from NPR News on the media, and I'm going to play that for you guys. Which was not like him. Here's Monday's teleprompter Trump interwoven with unscripted Trump. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism. They're bringing drugs, bigotry. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And white supremacy. Very fine people on both sides. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. I'm a nationalist, okay? I'm a nationalist. Hate has no place in America. We must stop the glorification of violence in our society. But how do you stop these people? You can't. There's no... That's only in the panhandle you can get away with that stuff. That clip from NPR's On the Media to me really does indicate the danger in President Trump and his words and his increasing influence and the fact, again, that he's been able to push out two uh, United States elected representatives from their homeland uh, only adds to my fear of what he's going to be able to continue to do to people in this nation. Last week, we talked to the host of the Living Paper Web podcast, and there was a great section in that podcast where we talked about how they were going to put in cages, Tazzy, Christina, and Bethany's children. They were going to send them away as well. And they, again, you, it just elicited a laugh, but I'm, I don't believe that we are far off from this future because it's about how President Trump and his supporters are revi- and white nationalists are revising the narrative of our nation. And we see that this is extending beyond America and to our allies like Israel. I think I was really, really concerned about it, and it really does worry me. Something else that greatly concerns me this week in news, politics, and government is that a teen walked out with a $2 beer and was fatally shot by a store clerk. 17-year-old, this is also from the Washington Post, Anwar Gazil. The store clerk never called 911. This is written by Megan Flynn. 17-year-old Dorian Harris was already on his way out the door. When the store clerk, Anwar Garzio, grabbed his gun, pointing it over the counter with two hands, Harris had spent about seven seconds inside the store. The top stop shop in Memphis was busy that night about 10 p.m. on March 29, 2018, and when the unarmed teenager walked through the door, he didn't waste any time being sneaky. Dressed in purple pants and a hoodie, he grabbed a $2 beer from the shelf and plain view of Garzio, turned, and then he left. As the clerk began to race behind him from the counter, Garzio burst the door open, passed bewildered customers, milling near the counter. Beverly Loverson was one, where she screamed out, please don't shoot him, don't kill, it's just a beer. Unfortunately, Garzio did shoot, and Dorian Harris is now dead. Ladies, what do you think about this, and what should be the consequences, if any? The man that shot him needs to go to jail. Like, but of course he's not because. But Dorian Harris was stealing a beer. He was stealing a two dollar beer. That doesn't 
stealing a beer does not mean you should be killed for that. He should have called the police or something, had the little boy arrested. But you don't murder someone for stealing a beer out of your establishment. Like, that's never okay. A life is never going to be the cost or the same amount as stealing a beer out of a convenience store. Never. Never. And I agree with that. I don't. I think people nowadays just don't value life in general. Like, they do think it's worth that. It don't matter if it's that for free. They're playing their music too loud. They're walking around with hoodies on. It don't matter. And I don't like how that article actually described him as as soon as he walked in, he was being sneaky just because he had on a purple hoodie and whatever. But Heather, he I, just yeah. referencing. But he walked in the store to steal a beer. Okay, and I understand that. This kid that. walked in the store to steal a beer. Okay, and I feel you. And there should be consequence against that. But the thing is, is that when the Not man... Not your life. Yeah, but and when the man left the store to chase after him, first of all, you had a full store because apparently it was a busy night. So you left all your other customers who could have took anything else yeah. while you was gone to chase somebody down down a dark alley, apparently. Then you shot at him and you came back and you said, okay, I think I shot him and didn't call nobody, didn't do anything. And so they are charging him for second degree murder. But I'm just like, but if he even thought in his head that he shot him and then he left him there. To die or whatever. Right. Is that not first degree? Like, well, that's the part murder. of it is that he did leave him there and did not call any the assistance or any help to for the young man. Um, I really do think that it's unfortunate that the young man w- went in the store to steal. I don't I argue with both of you. It's not. Two dollars uh, a beer isn't worth anyone's life. Correct. But at the same time, I think people have to be aware of the grave consequences they face in this world. Mm-hmm. I have gone into s- too many stores and too many neighborhoods where I have seen and witnessed firsthand the disrespect shown towards the sh- uh, shopkeepers around by people who are just being bloody disrespectful. And I think it can get to a point where someone may just be overwhelmed and say enough is enough. Not that it's ever appropriate, but that could be a case where that may have happened. Not saying it's justified, but it's saying that, again, the young man stole a beer. I think there just needs to be a different approach. Just even even like with police and all this stuff. The thing is that going to guns, why does that have to be the thing? Like, why why can't you? There's tasers. There's a, did you not invest in a good security system to catch the man? But the reality is, you know, would police have even made any kind of effort to apprehend the young man for stealing a $2 beer? Probably not. But that goes back to both of the point that you got ladies are making that if it's not worth the time of the police, it's most certainly not worth the the cost of a life. So going into some political news that might lighten things just a little bit. uh, President Trump wants to buy Greenland. (laughs) Um, This story pisses me off only because why does it piss you off? It makes me so mad. He's over here talking about spending money to buy Greenland. Go fix Puerto Rico. Like, there are people that need help in Puerto Rico. If you think you have the money to buy Greenland, which you can't go fucking buy Greenland because you're an idiot, use that same money to go fix Puerto Rico. That's a U.S. territory. So, Tazzy, why would he not want to fix Puerto Rico but want to buy Greenland? Greenland What's the difference? White people? Greenland has white people. Puerto Rico has brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could possibly be a piece of the motivation. 
U.S. President Donald Trump has reportedly expressed an interest in buying Greenland, the world's biggest island and a self-ruling territory of Denmark. While the seriousness of his intentions remain unclear and the initial response from the other side of the imagined transaction was a sturdy no, the story raises questions as to whether this is even possible. Why would he want to buy Greenland? Well, President Trump was a real estate baron before becoming president. Uh, this is something that he's actually mentioned previously. Uh, there's a lot of options and opportunities there. Could this be a good thing for America if he were to buy Greenland? No. Heather, why would it not be a good thing? Because America isn't good. So how the hell are you going to go into Greenland and expect Greenland to be good? Like, you can't control your own country. You don't need to buy no more territory until you mm. fix what's it. I feel like it's another way to spread hate and encourage white supremacy. Like, I feel like it's just a spread of that because if you're running things like that in America and you go take another territory over, and if it's predominantly white people, I mean, what what do you think? You're just going to, it's just going to continue. The disease Greenland is gonna does have a United States Air Force base there. And, I see. and it could be, you know, it could bring in lots of revenue and tax money from tourism, perhaps. It could open up lots of places for environmental studies and agencies. It has some possible benefits, but I agree that it may not be something that will be worth uh, America's money. Yeah. He needs to do a better job allocating and taking care of things within the country before you even step outside of the country. But on a lighter note, talking about a true president, um, Obama cautioned Biden about running for president. Quote, you don't have to do this. <laughs> Ted, wait a minute. So when you say on a lighter note, I think that's pretty serious. Are you telling me oh that President Barack Hussein Obama... So for those of you who are faithful listeners of our podcast, you will know in last week's episode with the Lemon Paper Wet Podcast, I officially rescinded my endorsement of former Vice President Joe Biden based upon his comment that Poor kids deserve the same opportunities as white kids. And so because of that, I completely am no longer able to support and endorse Vice President Joe Biden. And now you're telling me, Tazzy, that Barack Obama, our president, our Barack president Obama, our said, president said you to don't Joe have Biden. To do, you don't have to do this, Joe. Like, that's hilarious to me. Give us a little so, bit more. Uh, um, Obama has vowed to remain neutral during the Democratic primary, opting to counsel any candidate who approaches him, and eventually to throw his weight behind the Democratic nominee. But the former president does appear to have at least one, one strong personal investment in the primary, ensuring his ex-VP doesn't tarnish his reputation on the campaign trail. As the, New York, as the New York Times reported on Friday, Obama has taken an active interest behind the scenes in Joe Biden's presidential campaign. Not, it seems, to help his former vice president beat out the rest of the crowded field of 2020 hopefuls, but to shield him. Obama counseled Biden several times before he entered the race in spring. The Times reported, and the former president, quote, cast his doubts about the pending campaign. Quote, you don't have to do this, Joe, um, Obama told Biden. A source familiar with their conversations told the paper. You, quote, you really don't. So, you know, this is pretty, maybe pretty alarming. What do you, how do you, first off, you know, from a millennial perspective, how do you ladies as young voters feel about, you know, former Vice President Joe Biden? Get your old ass up out of here. I want a young person. You feel like President 
former vice president Joe Biden is too old. He's too old. I think he's 76 years old. Maybe 74, 76 years old. And you feel like that makes him... He's too old. His interests don't align with mine. Like, he's he's an old man. Like, your generation is dying And out. you're saying that his interests don't... But don't you think that perhaps the wisdom of older generations can carry and teach many of us and younger generations and even younger like yourself uh, about how to conduct themselves? No! Because I will never relate to an old white man. There's nothing that aligns with me. Well, Heather, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I, but no, she was right as far as like. So the thing is, is that even even um so as an older white man, um, your your heart could be to better the the community or the United States or whatever. But um, until you've actually been emerged in a culture or. Um, just have further education within the community. You won't, you won't really be able to help assist. So I agree with uh, Tazzy as far as like him him probably being like too old. I don't I don't know if I'm not saying we can get another black president, but just somebody younger um, and more relatable to the, the the problems that are actually going on in the country. Anything ran by an old. Uh, old white man right now it's just that that's history and history has proven not to work it doesn't work <laughs> so, it doesn't work for the comp america is so diverse there's no reason why we should have 80 old white men telling us what to do that's when so let we me have give, all these mm-hmm. different cultures and races right. and stuff like representation matters and you see that all the time and it does like representation will not exist if people don't vote and that is a part of when you talk about America is so diverse. America is very diverse. And with diverging, diverse and diverging, diverse in its population and divergent in its point of views and, and its politics, so many different groups of people have so many different viewpoints. And so because of that, that is why the white nationalist movement has been able to gain traction is because it's able to bring people together that share a common belief and unite them around a fear of losing out and being the true minority. Because of that, they're unified and they vote in a strong force. Mm-hmm. So much so that President Donald Trump, mm-hmm. well, that Donald Trump, reality TV star and millionaire who is unlike anyone who voted for him became president of the United States. Yeah. So that is my fear. And so because of that, an old white man, Donald Trump, being one of the oldest person to ever sit in the presidency, did win the election and is doing a phenomenal job of supporting his core base and keeping them round up and mobilized to vote for him again and yeah. what will be the next election. The Democratic Party and people like Joe Biden are at a major disadvantage because they're not able to inspire hope in this diverse and divergent field uh, or group of Democratic voters. And it's very concerning. Is there anyone out there who is speaking to either of you? Because I said last week I was going to do my research and I was going to find a candidate that I could stand behind. For either of you, is there someone besides former Vice President Joe Biden who is emerging and coming to the forefront of your political leanings? Um, I don't have anybody in particular that I'm like, oh, this is who I feel like I align with everything. You do your research since last week? Can I finish my phone? Yeah, you can finish your statement. Okay. I do want to, like, to be completely honest, I really want to look more into Cory Booker and figure out what his... He's a vegan. Okay, whatever. But last last year... Can I finish? Do you not remember vegan bacon? I don't care. Do you remember vegan bacon? I hate vegan bacon. But what I'm saying is, Dee Dee is so fucking rude right now. Like, let me finish my statement. 
I want to do more research on Corey because once I started doing research on Kamala, who I really was like, oh, yeah, black woman, blah, blah, blah. Woo! I don't agree with half the shit she's done to get where she is mm-hmm. today. So now I'm like, well, shit, I can't support you because you've done some fucked up shit. Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren, I've tried to look her up. I kind of like the things that she has and she's talking about. Um, I would like to see another person of color, but also I can support a woman who is not Hillary Clinton. So <laughs> Elizabeth does might have my vote at the moment. Um, Corey, I need to look into Corey a little bit more. He's but, a vegan. Okay, that's all you know about Corey is he's a vegan. But right now, Elizabeth probably has my vote because she looks like she's about that shit. She is old. She's an old white lady as well, but I don't think she's 70-something years old. But mm-hmm. the things she's been talking about oh and, like, puts out there, Tragic. I, I agree Oh, with my that. God. There's so many things. that I just hope that what you just said can become a soundbite for mm-hmm. how you just offended 70% of America. <laughs> you offended so many people in that one How? statement. What did I say? I can't even begin because I Which know we're limited on time for the Which Wednesday episode. You offended people of a certain age. You offended white people. You offended women. <laughs> you offended, I mean. Offended women? You offended everybody except for white and black men. But moving forward from that, Heather, <laughs> is there a candidate for you that has jumped out and emerged as a front runner for you? Um, the only person that there's um, some alignment with is uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, but the thing I about Bernie. Yeah, I, I like he's him. He's older than Joe Biden. And I was, he's older so than Joe Biden. Is so but I, I mean, I don't have a problem with the age, though. Yeah. I, that's not my. That's, uh, that's Tazzy who's uh, prejudiced. So no, no. Because <laughs> the thing, I mean, the thing, I mean, like, are you going to complete your four year term? So because this, <laughs> that's important. That's but no, but no, um, I I can align with a, a, a lot of his ideas. But the thing, the the real thing is, you know. Saying it and being able to execute it—that—that that, that's the difference. And I—I I don't know about that. Um, I would like to see a woman in office. So my the, the thing with is the thing with me is that politics. The politics is not my strong suit. I am a very humane individual. I like to say a very free spirit, and I just believe in certain. I just believe in um all the good in life and love and energy and all this stuff. And politics really don't fall in the into that. You know what I'm saying? They have good, um, some of them have better outlooks or better things that they can do. But I think at the end of the day that um, everything is important is money-based. Money-based and political-based instead of um, true moral-based and all this stuff. So I, I don't have nobody that I can just fully say, like, yeah, I support all this stuff. But um, I think a woman would bring a different perspective to America that they might need that nurturing perspective. But... Who knows? Who knows? So I, again, am not endorsing anyone except saying I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden because of the comments. And I'm not going to vote for Pete Buttigieg because of some of the things that he did. First off, I don't think that 
being elected to serve as a mayor of the fourth largest city in Indiana qualifies you for anything. But mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no way you're, there's no way you should be on the Democratic ticket when you have fought against policies that support Black Lives Matter and have hurt minorities in your small town. You got maybe yeah. four people, four people of color in South Bend, Indiana, and you put policies in place to hurt them. Sir, get get off my ticket. So he's the only two people that I say you don't have a chance. But I will say, as I promised you last week, I'm doing my research. And in my research, I came across, and this is a great way of kind of ending, wrapping up our Wednesday episode, uh, a New York Times interview where they asked the candidates, what is your favorite comfort food as you are out on the campaign trail? I am a relator. And I like to relate to people and I seek for commonalities between myself and people that I meet. And so I would like to see, I want to know, well, what is the food of choice that you stay for comfort food? Because maybe we have something in common and I can relate to you. So you talked about Cory Booker, who is a vegan. And would you like to know his comfort food? Would you gander to guess what he said is his comfort food as a vegan? Vegan bacon. Vegan bacon could be a a comfort food. Grapes could be an (laughs) offer. But he just simply said veggies <laughs> that for me doesn't give him any points in my book that you're saying your comfort food is veggies because i don't i don't believe you i don't believe right. anyone says let me go pull out the hummus and carrots and red peppers when it's time for a a break um <laughs> something that was you know i think another person anyone else that you'd like to know about we talked about um uh, bernie sanders Bernie Sanders says that uh, his favorite thing for comfort food when he's going out there uh, is that he really didn't give you any kind of... He didn't give an answer that was specific. What he said was last time we went out, we did a trip to the West Coast and I gained three pounds in four days. So it's too much comfort food. So I guess basically saying I'm not doing any more comfort food because I've gained too much weight. But he didn't tell us exactly what it is. We did talk about Pete who uh, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who I'm not able to support and endorse. <laughs> he said that his favorite uh, snack food is beef jerky, string cheese, <laughs> and Gatorade. So he likes beef jerky, cheese, string cheese, and Gatorade. And so uh, that's what he picked. Someone who I do like a lot that also kind of lost points in here. I'm a big fan of Julian Castro. Okay. Julian Castro, uh, I really do like a lot of things he states, but his answer lost him some points in my book. He said his favorite comfort food was iced tea. Sir, iced tea is not a comfort food. That's, That's not a drink. Someone else who mentioned a drink um, was let me pull it up. Pull her up. So they just ignorant and don't yeah. know how to answer a question. Everybody's stupid. Yeah, basically. God, That's, That's you can't even answer a simple question. You gotta run the country. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite comfort food? A drink, like, <laughs> idiot. Andrew Yang, a former tech executive, said his favorite food was a kind bar. Any kind of kind bar. Everybody's disgusting. A kind do we, bar. Do we agree with? Do we? Is that a comfort food? No. Is that even a Why treat? Didn't my, is a kind bar even a treat? Right. Like if I want a candy bar and I'm no. gonna treat myself, I'm gonna get like a Twix. I'm gonna get a Kit Kat, a Snickers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna punish myself by being healthy and get a kind bar. That's not in a my opinion a treat. Kind bar is not a comfort but, food. But this Andrew Yang said, you know, there's flat line. Let me <laughs> tell you who did tell a lie. Was Jay Inslee, former governor of Washington? who is really big about protecting the environment and everything he states is expressing that. Uh, his, he said that his favorite comfort food was M&M's. Okay. And that he really likes a lot of M&M's. And he's really trying to stop it. But 
is doing a lot of damage to his tooth enamel, but he can't. He loves his M&Ms. Oh, my God. He must eat a ton. His enamel? <laughs> that's, that's what he said. Oh, my goodness. Um, also, we talked about your girl, Kamala Harris, and she said her favorite kung food is french fries. She okay. says, I love a good french fry. A few or many are just the whole thing. So she loves her her french fries. Joe Biden did not answer this interview request. He did not give any comfort food. And Elizabeth Warren gave uh, probably the most common answer for many people. She said chips and guacamole. Um, one person also, we talked about uh, Julian Castro saying sweet tea. I was trying to figure, remember who said another non-food answer. It was Christian Gillibrand, Senator from New York. A glass of whiskey at the end of the night. It's her favorite uh, cover <laughs> food. How do you guys right. feel about That's that? Exactly That's exactly what I went to. Alcoholic. Right. No, I'm sure it don't stop at one glass, idiot. And uh, then the the best answer, which was also another answer, came from another person that I'm really interested in. Really like Marion Williamson. I talked to her about her last week. I'm a big believer and fan of her work. I love her book, The Law of Divine Compensation. What if you said? haven't read it, I firmly it's a life changing book for me. Um, I have no comfort food. These people robots, though. Marion Williamson says that there is nothing, there's no food that can give her comfort. Her comfort comes from God. So, Marion, I support you on that. I'm a firm believer as well in that. Um, amen. I have to say, amen on that, Marion. And with that note, we thank you and we will continue our research on the Democratic candidates, all leading up to our special uh, live viewing of the next uh, debate. We hope that you join us. And check us out tomorrow as we talk about entertainment and social media. Woo! See you.